If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. We have a very dear friend of mine, Michelle Mitchell. She is a world renowned photographer now, just a lover of people, a storyteller, um, an artist and She's going through this amazing process right now of restoring an 1886 farmhouse in Dallas, Texas, and talks about how God's restoration process in her own life mirrors what she's doing on this home. But Michelle, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy (laughs) schedule where you, I know you're like, you're doing so much. You're all over the world taking pictures and, and I mean, probably every major Christian artist or author, you have taken their headshots and you've even taken mine, which, you know, I am at the top of that list. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is, it is beyond my, my honor to, um, to do this and get to chat with you guys. You know how much I love you and, and just think the world of you. So it's, it's truly my honor to be here with you and mm-hmm. share a little bit of my heart about what God's doing um, over here in Dallas, Texas. So uh, I'm excited. Yes, me too. And I always love having someone from the South on our podcast, Mary. They're just, it's just comforting. <laughs> I'll, bring, I'll bring a little bit of, a, a little bit of accent to the yeah. podcast Yeah, well, today, it's just, so. it is very comforting. It's like a hug. It, it's a breath of fresh air. Oh, good. Yes, it is. It is. Yes, good. It is. Yeah. For years, I tried to like kind of get rid of the accent. But no. It's kind of a double. It's a double whammy for me. I'm from Arkansas, um, born and raised, moved to Texas 13 years ago. So I have this like double whammy of South, (laughs) like all in one. And so I just, I just can't get rid of it. I can't get away from it. It's beautiful. We love it. Embrace it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle, I thought it would be fun just to kind of start off with um, how we first met. And, you know, I know that your story has just evolved so much since those days. Um, But that was a very interesting time for you. And I, you know, I want you to share as much or as little as you want to before we really get into some of the really good stuff you're doing today. But let's let's go back to that beginning part. Sure. I love it. Um, And what was it, Nicole? Probably, I want to say 10 years ago, maybe. I was going to say about 10 years ago, I think you I think you emailed me. I did. I did. I was um, I believe mid 20s. I was about 25. I'm 35 now. Um, maybe toward more toward early twenties, but mm-hmm. um, I was a church kid growing up, raised in a minister's minister's home, um, and dealt with. We'll probably go into a little bit of this, but dealt with um, a lot of heartache and heart brokenness growing up. And I had um, kind of like a lot of other church kids I know um, carried that into my adulthood, even into my mid twenties after Bible school. And um, what I've kind of explained it to people like is I was putting band-aids on bullet holes and walking around as a believer, but just with a lot of pain um, because I was trying to mask a lot of hurt. And I hadn't at that point, I think, allowed God to get to the root of some of the issues that were so painful to me. So I was watching TV one night and I had my little apartment in Mansfield, Texas, and Life Today comes on and I love James and Betty Robinson and mm-hmm. I see you on TV. I'd never seen you before. And I was kind of cleaning the kitchen and I hear you talking about um, your story and just the truth that you were sharing and your openness and how um, and what the Lord had done in your life through, you know, I really do believe the truth does set us free and we can't find healing fully and walk in the wholeness of what God has for us until we face the truth and allow him to come in. Like I said, to the deep places of our hearts and, um, So it was so, it just drew me in. So I put the dishes down and walked in front of the TV and heard you talking. And it was just such a beautiful, um, such a beautiful thing, like I said, that that attracted me, you know, to your story. And it was so similar to mine. Um, There were different dynamics, but just the, I think the root of like what you shared, 
um, was so similar to mine. I thought, and this is so unlike me. I don't, people that know me know that I don't do this, but I thought I've got to like write this girl and just share that her honesty and her truth has, you know, it's pricked my heart in some way. The Lord's used this. And um, I don't think at that point, Nicole, I had ever heard, even in the church, I, I don't think I'd ever heard anyone talk openly about abuse or about their story like mm-hmm. you were. Mm-hmm. And um, I just saw such a strength in you. And um, and we give each other gifts by telling our stories. You know, it's like, uh, I think I heard it, the gift of going second. So I had carried all this pain and all this, you know, I thought no one could ever know this. I just, you know, and um, hearing you shared it was like it unlocked something in me. And so I wrote you, and you so kindly wrote back, I remember, and you were so encouraging and so loving and so humble. And, um, and, and, I, and I will always say that was, a, that was a little key. That was one of the parts of my story that it just played a part in, because um, I just began counseling at that time. And right, um, that's right. you yeah. just spurred me on. Yeah, you just spurred me on to be honest and to be open and that I— um, I saw. I, I remember looking at you and thinking, "Oh, she's so beautiful," and I know she's so loved, and and it just kind of gave me like an outside picture, like outside of myself, of what healing journeys look like, and and it spurred me on to share my story with my counselor and begin that living in the truth. You know what I mean? And and oh, just yeah. kind of beginning that process of truth and like, hey, this is this is my story. This is what has happened to me. These are things I've done. These are things that have been done to me. These are the roadblocks I feel. This is how my identity's been shattered. Um, I don't really even know what to do with this. And um, like I said, I was kind of in that point, uh, putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole and just was so wounded and just, you know, pain demands to be felt it, no matter what. So just bleeding That's the out, truth, you know, on, on everybody. Pain really does. It, it has a way of speaking to us, you know. Within it our does. bodies, our trauma will always try to find its voice in our lives. We just have to stop and listen absolutely. to it. Absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely. And those little, I think those, it's actually a gift, you know. At times, those things that kind of they're like red flags in our heart that say, "Hey, God needs to touch this area of my life," mm-hmm. you know. And I think at that point, I stopped running and turning away from God. Mm-hmm during those times and I turned to him and just became real and showed him, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is what has been done. This is what I've done. Mm-hmm. I need you, Yeah, you know, and, was it kind uh, of like and the healing you, began. Was it kind of like you had gotten to just a, a place in your life where you just felt so much pain that you decided to make that turn? Because I, in my life had that same thing. Mine was more like the anger and the questioning. And I remember feeling like I was running away from God with all of that stuff. And there was a point in time when I had heard someone say, if God is a perfect father, he would want you to come to him. Even if you're angry, even if you have questions that you're not quote supposed to ask, he wants Mm -hmm. you to have that. And that deepens your relationship. So that for me was a a turning point where I was like, okay, I'm going to try that. Um, but what was it for you? Was it just, you were like really depressed or, you know, your relationships yeah, um, were just painful or what was it? Kind of all of the above. Yeah. Um, I was, I was dealing with so much heartache mm-hmm. and pain, like I said, because of that broken identity. Yeah. Um, I was living a life of, I would say hiddenness because um, the people closest to me, I didn't feel able to share. Um, I hadn't gotten to the point yet where I felt able to share even about any of the wounding in my life or mm-hmm. I always kind of felt not by them, probably more so by myself, it just quieted. Um, and that produces such pain, you know, yeah. and you begin to live this life of loneliness. And like you said, depression, I was um, one of the things, like I said, you know, I was bleeding out. I, I dealt with intense anxiety, um, mm-hmm. which turned into depression, just sadness. I couldn't, you know, my relationships weren't full of life. Like I said, the John 10, 10, where the thief comes to still kill and destroy, but Christ, you know, Jesus said, I came that you'll have life and you'll have mm-hmm. more abundantly. I just wasn't experiencing that. And I knew it. Yeah. And I thought, why? Like, what, what's, what is wrong? What mm-hmm. is the holdup? And why am I different? You know, why can't I truly experience this abundant life? Yeah. that is promised in, in the word. And, mm-hmm. um, and all along it was promised, you know, but like I said, I think the key for me was coming to a point where I got really real 
and um, and quit hiding and begin to, I think the body of Christ is such a gift mm-hmm. and the enemy does everything he can to keep us away from one another Absolutely. because such healing has come to me through the body, mm-hmm. um, through loving people that wrap their arms around me, heard everything, heard everything done to me, things I've done, things, and just wrap their arms around me and tell me how loved I was and how beloved I am, you know, and it just, mm-hmm. it just brought, it was just like a healing way, just, and I felt the love of God and that just over time, it so showed me a new side of Christ and, um, and made me love him more, you know, and, um, just his, just his patience and kindness and all those things that we run from. It's like such a, I don't know. It's just such a lie of the enemy to keep us away because everything we need is in him. Everything that we're desiring, you know, that forgiveness and that kindness and mercy and mm. help is in him. Mm. And him alone. And so um, I think at that point, just like you said, you know, what point did you really I just I think I just came to the end of myself. Like I had run for so long and I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I thought something's got to give. And um, my counselor, who I just adore, um, she began to walk me through and through her love and her, you know, allowing me to just share. I just I got more strength and more courage to start not with everyone, but just certain people in my life kind of sharing a little bit more of like my story. And through that, the Lord's brought healing. And I've also been able to see how many other people are actually just like me. (laughs) And I wasn't so alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just, you know, it's been a journey, like, um, but God's been so good and so faithful, you know? Yeah. And so it was kind of like you were at that really rock bottom place when you had the TV on in your house and you heard me sharing my stories. It's kind of like God was just kind of like, okay, you're not alone. And then through that, through that process of you going through your own healing with the counselor and things, you started to realize, oh, there's other people out there and they need to hear my voice just like I needed to hear Nicole's. Exactly. Exactly. That's the gift you gave me was Mm -hmm. that picture of being outside of myself and being able to, I mean, even in my life, how you, that one moment, that one obedient from, you know, you going and sharing unlocked something in me in Dallas, Texas. Mm. And I began to think I can do this, you know, the Lord and her, she's doing it and I, and she's helping me. I can do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was just such a gift. And um, mm. it's why obedience is so important too, because God's doing a lot more than what we know, um, right. like you never dreamed that night on life that I was sitting in my apartment and, you know, right. yeah, um, you just never know so, who's watching yeah. or listening, you know, when you're obedient yeah. and, and tell the hard things to people, um, just like yeah, you're doing absolutely. now. I mean, that's so incredible. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, healing is lifelong. And so, you know, you went through that hard yeah. time and now you know, things got a lot better. You're finding your voice. God's using you, filling you with purpose, showing you his kindness yeah. and grace and all those things you talked about. But, you know, it doesn't always change everybody around you. And so, you know, right. I don't know <laughs> if you'd be willing to share a little bit of that, but I think that that's something that a lot of us have in common where, you know, what happens when we're feeling good and we're, we're getting the tools that we need and, um, and God's helping us to, you know, feel like we are so far down this healing road now, we've got a lot in our tool right. belt, but then we have to go back to this person's house again. That might be triggering. Yeah. Or we still have to talk to this person in our family that, you know, maybe they didn't believe or maybe they were the perpetrator or maybe it's something right. different that they're struggling with in their own life that has nothing to do with your abuse, but it's still triggering to you because they're not healthy. You know, if you'd be willing to share a little bit of your journey with that, because I think that that is so common for so many of us and it pulls us backwards on our healing journeys when we're like, how did we come so far only to let this unhealthy person pull me back? But in my, in my experience though, it's not pulling us back. It's just, you know, another the fork in the road. It's part of our journey, but we have to know how to navigate that. So like, what have you learned on that process, Michele? Absolutely. I think as, um, as more wholeness and health has come to me, um, and through counseling, uh, we've really, really honed in that, that dynamic right there has probably been 
I felt like the biggest hurdle or my biggest struggle in healing. Um, but it's also been something that's kind of um, rubbed against my life and made me stronger, mm. I think, um, mm. because that's life. We yeah. live with people. We live with, you know, we all have families of origin. We have other, you know, so mm-hmm. it just, mm-hmm. when I, when my healing began, that didn't mean that everybody's healing. You know, everybody's on this journey with me walking side by side. We're all kind of on different different parts of the journey. Right. And, um, I think that, I think that one of the things that I've, I've learned is, um, in the beginning of my healing journey, I kind of expected that like, mm-hmm. as God healed me, I'd look around, you know, go to family gatherings and which, you know, it can be hard, hard on all of us, but, um, I'd go to family gatherings or see things that triggered me and I'd kind of get angry at that person or that trigger or why does, you know, why are they still like that? Why is this, you know, that hurt me. And this is, and, um, what I began to, I think, do with the Lord, and this is, I want to say this, with, you know, in a delicate way, because it's so hard. It's so much harder and um, easier said than done. But anytime I did that, when I looked outward, um, first of all, I really grew in boundaries. But I would, I, I began to look inward and say, Lord, like, I know that they're not on the exact same healing journey as me, so I'm just going to give them grace. Mm-hmm. But um, heal, heal whatever is in me that still tends to lean toward this bitterness or this anger or this resentment or mm-hmm. this void, you know, like, yeah. like I, I know that this is a place in me that still needs to be filled by you mm-hmm. because of what I'm feeling, you know, it's just so, and so, um, I don't know, like there's, there's kind of this fine, this kind of little dance we have to do with that. Cause there's a, there's a fine line. And, and honestly, even in seasons of my life, what's been huge for me on my healing journey is praying through just really good, healthy boundaries and um, yeah. who in my life I need to see a lot, who in my life I need to talk to a lot mm. in certain seasons. Um, but, good. you know, mm-hmm. also grace and mercy for the people that, um, you know, did hurt me. And, um, yeah. and it's just, it's just the truth. You know, I've hurt people, people have hurt me, but, but the whole um, model of Jesus and, and just, you know, praying that the Lord just forgive them father. Cause they don't even know what they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. at times, mm-hmm. um, which I have felt has been my journey. Some people don't even take responsibility for things they did. And, and I've had to come to a healthy place where that doesn't hold me back anymore mm-hmm. um, because I'm whole and I'm healed and I'm walking forward and I'm complete in Jesus. So like, I don't need anything from you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I love you and I want you whole and healed and I want the best for you but I don't really need anything from you anymore like that, you know, Mm -hmm. and that probably sounds kind of catchy. And, but um, like I said, I think everybody just, it's a, it's a delicate little kind of walk. And it was really tough. That was my, I think that was the hardest part of my journey Um, and still is at times is, is current hurt, you know, that, that really hasn't (laughs) like miraculously gone away. Mm -hmm. Um, If that makes sense. So yeah. Well, and when you talk about current hurt, you're talking about maybe past hurt that's triggered currently. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So uh, people have to be around now that um, maybe originally kind of where the wounding came from. Mm-hmm. And um, so just, it's, it's, you know, just learning to walk that out and um, in a Christ-like way and a way that brings wholeness to my life and mm-hmm. spurs me on in my calling, you know, and doesn't hold me back. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And I think as, especially as, you know, maybe adult children, you know, having to deal with maybe an unhealthy parent or toxic relationships within our family, but now we're adults, like finding our voice with that. Maybe we still want to be in relationship, but we know the relationship can't look the way it used to. And what, exactly. and what is the Christ-like way to communicate? I think a lot of it comes with just transparency, just being yeah, willing I to do. say the hard things um, and, you know, acknowledging it's normal and it's okay for us to have boundaries and we can share those right. boundaries with other people. And it doesn't mean that we don't love them. It just means we right. love them and we also love ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. And that was such a key in my own life was growth in that area and learning boundaries and living as an individual. Mm. (laughs) And, uh, and so that was, that was huge for me. And honestly took me years, like a process of, of kind of learning to actually walk that out. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that was huge. 
That's really big. And have you seen fruit from that or have you seen as much pushback and pain as you've seen fruit? Like, what does that look like for no, you? I've, it's been pretty intense. Yeah. I've, right. No, I've seen, I've seen a ton of fruit when I finally made the decision um, to walk in that forgiveness and live as an individual and pursue my own life, you know, and mm-hmm. not let the past hold me back and not let so-and-so, this person, you know, they don't owe me anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Just kind of that freedom has brought such a freedom to me. Um, and so, and like I said, you know, it's still a journey. Gosh, we live in a broken world and we live mm-hmm. with people and around people. It's hard, you know, and um, Christ helps us and he helps me daily. <laughs> and yeah. the Holy Spirit has so helped me navigate those situations where no man could give me the answer and no person could really navigate it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of relationships in my life still where I, I solely rely on the Holy Spirit. You know, yeah. how am I supposed to deal with this? Mm-hmm. How do I love them well, but not damage myself? Yeah. Um, what does that look like to, to, the, to you, Lord? Like, what am I supposed to do here? Do I have any responsibility in it? Am I carrying false responsibility? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I think that's so a really big me, one, especially know? as followers of yeah. Jesus. We oftentimes feel like it's our responsibility to rescue someone or save them or, you know, be their answer. Like if we give up on them, then they're never going to see the Lord or something. And exactly, I think it's something we have to unlearn, especially as abuse survivors that we, it's not our job to protect everybody. Right. No, it's so true. (laughs) It's so true. And it's, it was kind of a, a double whammy for me again, because I'm, oldest child my personality to be mm-hmm. honest with you is kind of a little bit more bent toward that anyway responsibility and you know and so um that mixed with my personal story oh my gosh perfect storm for yeah. I've got to make sure everybody's okay I've got to take care of <laughs> you know my my siblings I've got to take care of my parents I've got to take care of my you know business and people and clients and, and before you know it it's just this world of um and and then the lord reminded me you're not their savior michelle yeah. you can do all this you want but there's nothing you're not powerful enough oh, you know wow. and yeah. so release and some, sometimes the most powerful things we can do is release you know that shows this real strength is just releasing them to the lord um Absolutely. and going man i'm not strong enough for this this is a job for you lord mm. you know um preach it girl and loving them through that you know yeah yeah I think that staying in toxic relationships because we believe it's necessary or it's our calling is a lie. (laughs) It's an absolute lie. And I think that that the enemy would love for us to just believe that that's the truth and that that is our calling when God would never want our calling to be something that is dragging us through the mud and, you know, splinters and thorns every day. That's not his best for us. And, um, I think that Christianity has has somehow delivered this message to so many, especially women, I think, and yeah. especially women who've gone through some type of childhood trauma. Um, sure. I think we've got to let that go. And I, you know, I've seen that in my own life where, you know, I, I've felt that calling too for many times, but my greatest freedom has been just like you said, when I've been able to release that savior complex and been willing to say, God, you, you need to take care of this. This is not my job, but it's harder. I know when it's a a family member, you know, it's somebody that you feel like, well, who else can do it? (laughs) Exactly. It's a very tricky and complicated thing. Totally. And I think when you're um, a child, um, you're, you're raised in trauma or toxic relationships. And then obviously the abuse, you know, relationship in itself is very toxic. Um, It's a learned thing. And so for me, I had to get free from that mentality that you just mentioned, like toxic relationships in my life are not of God, period. Mm. And, um, and my tendency toward even uh, in the beginning, like I said, mid twenties, that was one of the things that it felt familiar to me, like toxic relationship, um, felt there was a sense of familiarity to it because that's all I had ever known in ways. Um, so I don't want to use the word, I don't want to say I was drawn to it. That's the only way I knew in certain relationships. That's the only way I knew how to live. Mm -hmm. Um, so just coming to the point where, yeah, that was a huge freedom journey for me was, 
wholeness in Christ and saying no to toxic relationships or, mm. um, you know, and, uh, and learning how to balance that out with the Holy Spirit. And like I said, love them well. Mm. Um, sometimes doing that means loving them from afar <laughs> yeah. um, because being their savior isn't healthy for them either. No, you know, it's, um, that's toxic for them. So, so, you know what I mean? So until you step um, outside of it and allow God to step into your role, it's like, they're never really going to see that anyways. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So the most loving thing sometimes you can do for someone is that release, Mm -hmm. um, and, and your trust in the Lord that you are big enough, God, Mm -hmm. I'm going to release them to you. And I know that you got this, you know, and whatever relationship it is. Um, so that was an area of, of growth for me. And again, that was an issue in me. It wasn't in other people. I had to come to where I could go. I'm, I'm, I'm releasing this cause I trust you. Whereas before I didn't, you know, yeah. and I felt like I had to do it all. I had to control. I had to make sure everything was okay. Um, mm-hmm. so it's just been a growth, you know, uh, one of the things on my long list of like <laughs> growth and, and, and change and, and mm-hmm. wholeness. Yeah. I think that that is one of the biggest things in my life and in so many of survivors that I have walked with that I have seen as being the thing you don't think is holding you back, the thing that you don't yeah. think is causing you pain. Um, and sometimes it's the thing that you think is actually helping you survive because right. it keeps you busy. It keeps yeah. you needed in this world. It gives you purpose. But when you finally can find a place to let it go, to release it to God, um, those toxic relationships, you realize they were toxic. You know, they were holding me back. They were not my purpose. In fact, they were keeping me from my purpose. And so, but it takes like so many things on our healing journey. It takes time to get there. And, you know, people listening today can be like, oh, that sounds similar to what I'm doing, but I'm not ready. And that's fine. I get that. You know, we, we have to come to that realization ourselves, like with so many things in healing, like, you know, I couldn't ever forgive my abuser just because people were telling me that that was what I needed to do. I mean, no way. Sure. <laughs> um, but it sure. took a journey sure. for me to get to that decision and to realize that that Absolutely. was necessary for me. And that was part right. of my journey, not because you're telling me it is or not because it was good for you, but because it's now my decision, my choice, I'm in control. And I think that comes a lot with, um, yeah, just setting really good boundaries in our relationships and loving people well, but loving ourselves first and allowing God to sort of, that's so good. Yeah. Allowing the Lord to really direct us with that. And, and I think too, sometimes relationships can start off one way, but end up another. And well, you just have to, you just have to always have, you know, obviously God in the center of your relationship, but also what you're talking about in the beginning, you know, the body of Christ, you know, the community of believers around you. I, you know, I don't know where I would be without the support that I've had from people who were willing to say those hard things, knowing that eventually it would be, you know, my decision to maybe make these decisions for myself, but, um, but loving me until I did it. Right. And to, to continually call me out and say, You know, Nicole, it might not be a good idea for you to go back home this weekend or maybe, you know, doing summer vacation this year is not what's best for you because family vacations are really triggering for you. So, you know, maybe consider other ways. And, you know, you get stuck in this rut of doing this constant toxic relationship, doing it the way you've always done it, caring, saving, rescuing, enabling, putting the money in the person's account, like all those things that we do. Or I've always yeah. gone on the family vacation. We do it the same way every year. I have to be there. I mean, what are people going right. to do if I don't show up? Well, what if you don't right. show up, Nicole? That's so like, good. It yeah, could be okay. So and I remember the summer that I decided, you know what? I'm doing self-care this time and I'm not going. I'm not doing it. Right. And it was one of the most amazing turning points in my healing where I felt like I was really reclaiming myself again. And I was getting in wow. touch with myself again. And I felt free. I didn't feel like I was in shackles, but I needed, like I said, those outside, right. those friends to really help empower me to make those choices for myself. I know it's been a lot of that for you too in your journey. Absolutely. People, um, I mean, the Lord always say, obviously the Lord, you know, 
does it himself, but he, he uses hands and feet. It's, it's people. And yeah. so um, they have played such a crucial role in, um, in my healing and people that he's brought in. You always encourage people, pray, you know, ask the Lord to bring healthy people, mm. bring healthy, uh, whatever relationships, you know, that he sees fit in your life, like yeah. bring those people. And, um, that has been so healing and so key. I would not be where I am today without Christ, you know, the people that he's brought into my life and mm. that continue to walk this journey with me. You know, we walk together. I think wholeness is a forever process for us until we get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And, um, Absolutely. and so we walk together. That's why he gave us each other. I feel like that's why he walked, he walked with 12 and, um, yeah. you know, people are important. So, well, and I think I should point out too, especially as a single woman, Michelle, like that's yeah. what the body of Christ should be doing for you. Right? right. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I can't say enough. Um, and again, the Lord had to do the work in me to, you know, live free and live open. And that was such a game changer. But mm-hmm. yeah, the body of Christ and and even my singleness, that aspect of my life right now. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it's beautiful. You know, I can't tell you the, the number of people that constantly have me. I mean, I'm like part of the family. I travel all over and, mm-hmm. you know, for my job. But yes. people in different cities, I'll go and mm-hmm. stay at their homes. And yeah. um, I mean, I just feel like I have... You know, there's just there's people all over the world that the Lord's blessed me with that, yes. um, you know, are just they're just with me. They're, they're with me. And I know that. So it's brought such a strength to my life. You know, mm-hmm. at any point I can pick up the phone and call um, and tell them anything. At any point they'll pray. Yes. Um, a lot of them have seen me at my worst you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, on hard days. And so yeah. it's it's beautiful. You know, beautiful. I think it's how God intends us to walk out life Mm. is together and real you know yeah i love that and you know it does it helps you get through some of those hardest points so yeah what where do you feel like um god has really shown up the most in your healing like has there been maybe a lie that you Mm. believed for so long and then like there was some point in time where the truth just came or is there some, or is it kind of just around the boundaries and relationships and him teaching you like what we've just talked about? Or is there something that kind of sticks out was, to you? Yeah, I don't know, Nicole. Mine was, I feel like mine was so widespread <laughs> and I, I don't really know why, but again, I felt like it, I, I was kind of to a point of just bleeding out. It was affecting all areas of my life. Mm. And one of the things was um, worse and um, I feel like lately, especially the past few years, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm walking into this level of whole new level of wholeness and freedom in Christ. And even in the way I see myself and freedom from that broken identity. And, but, um, I think it was worth, and that's what was so hard for me was when I would share it with people. Um, mm. and again, this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit because only he really truly understands the depths of our stories and the depths of our heart. Right. No man can go there with us, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. but um, I would explain this, you know, worst thing to people. And I just, I just, you know, I'd cry and I would, I was so wounded and I would say, I just, I don't think anybody's ever going to want to, you know, marry me. I would have, you know, guys would ask me out. Everything on the exterior was fine, but I didn't love myself and mm-hmm. I couldn't seem to, there was this barrier of like, it's just broken identity that kept people away. And, and it was me. I just, I just, it was like, no one could get close enough. You know, I just, yeah. I just kind of, um, and I don't know, I think it was a fear thing because yeah. I didn't feel worthy. I didn't love myself. Mm. Um, so therefore the exterior, no one could help me. No one understood. They sit there and go, we don't understand. We don't get it. Why would you feel, you know, mm-hmm. and they, you know, people, they'd list, you got this and that and a great, you know, blah 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 and, yeah. and there's no reason and I would just feel so alone and like Aww. but there is a reason you know like I was so broken and yeah. I don't know how to fix myself and mm-hmm. this and that and, and again the Lord um the Lord's had to do it there's no man that could give me a quick fix so man or woman of you're great you're awesome you're this you're that none of that no me. those are just um, words right it's just like trying yeah, to slap like a verse on someone's status. pain and tell them like, yeah, well, nice. God's got this. Well, does he? Because I'm not feeling it. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was, it was, I was just telling people it's like it was momentary satisfaction for the moment. It felt good. They would tell me how awesome I was. And I was like, okay, great. You know, until mm-hmm. the next time. 
And I felt like, I always tell people, I felt like, felt like the woman at the well that just returned every day with her bucket to just read, you know, and Jesus was saying, man, if you would have sought this from me, I would have given you living water and you'd never thirst again. Mm. But you keep coming back with your bucket to these people, asking them to fill you. And there's there's nothing they can do for you that's going to satisfy your life. And so, mm. you know, identity and broken, you know, all those things where I felt like I struggled so much worse, yeah. I would bring the bucket to people you know, can you feel this for me? I feel so worthless and I'm never going to get married. And I would just, you know, and I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. And people would feel it. You know, you're awesome. You're this, you're that. You're amazing. You know, your friends do that for you. Of course. And, yeah. and well, then I'm like, ones. okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, good ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, again, like it's just, it's temporary. And then again, that's an area of my life that God had to get to the root of. And it wasn't, mm a band-aid anymore it was let me go to the root and really fix this yeah um because you're seeking this healing from man and they're not going to be able to heal you Mm. um so that was so much of my story in different areas was that wounding and seeking it just from which i think is a lot of our stories we want to be when you're in pain you want to be fixed oh yeah immediately yeah exactly yeah quick and um, and sometimes the journey with Jesus is um, it's a process, mm. and but he he wants to get to the root, and getting to the root of it is sometimes takes time, mm-hmm. and um, so that's kind of what my kind of in a nutshell what my journey has looked like. And I believe he can heal overnight. I know he he does it the miracles in a moment, and then sometimes the miracle is in a process, mm. and it takes time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, one step at a time that's why it's a journey that's why it's a a process for so many of us and there's so many layers to it and that's annoying (laughs) but absolutely it's hard yeah but it sticks that way right right yeah right absolutely that is so cool and I love how you're this amazing photographer and um you do that but then on this side, I don't even know how you have time for this, but you're restoring this new farmhouse that you purchased um, in yeah. Texas. And it's such a metaphor of what just God has yeah. done in your life and your healing through, you know, the people God's placed on your path, your counselor, your your church family, yeah. um, you know, and just what he's doing on the inside of you. It's now yeah, being totally. done on the inside of this home. Could you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's a story I could keep you on, you know, here forever about. But uh, <laughs> I can't wait say, to like, see it. Honestly, I was I was talking oh, to Mary about to how come. at some point when I'm speaking in Texas, I want to swing by and and sit on that you swing Mary, on your porch you and Mary swing. Come down. <laughs> we'll have a cup of coffee and get you on the porch swing and yes. uh, and just chat. But um, but yeah, it's it's to put it in a nutshell. Um, basically, in a very unexpected step of faith and turn kind of twisted events in May of 2018, a little over a year ago, um, I stumbled upon, I was looking for a home in the Dallas area and I stumbled upon this 1886, um, Texas farmhouse and felt like the Lord, I mean, it was a pretty divine thing. Um, felt like the Lord was calling me to buy this home. I didn't really understand the fullness of why, but I felt like it was mine and completely broken, completely run down. I mean, 1886, um, the same precious family had owned the home since like the beginning. Like, so it was in this, uh, family line here in Texas and I come through and make an offer and they took it. And, um, I don't know. I just, I've always had a heart for creativity. I've always had a heart mm-hmm. for, um, I'm a visionary. And yeah. so with the photography that kind of bled over into like, oh, I think it would be cool to completely just restore this home and, mm-hmm. and make it beautiful again. And, um, so anyways, long story short, I bought it. And during the restoration process, I've been um, basically documenting it. It's become a project called A House God is Building mm. that is somehow you know, expanding and, and reaching people all over the world. But mm-hmm. um, the Lord began to speak to me about well, as I restored and as I put my hands to things in here, um, how it was a parallel to the restoration of my life and mm. the whole story of broken to beautiful and there's no one too far gone and, and how he makes beauty from ashes. And, um, and so I've been documenting that room to room, piece by piece. And I felt like it was the same story, um, 
as my personal story and how he's restored my heart, you know, room to room. Sometimes the house doesn't just overnight become this beautiful masterpiece, but through the patience of God and um, his love for us, you know, room to room, I felt like he would, you know, it was a parallel to how he was um, working with me in my heart over the years. So he would go into this room filled with anxiety and fear and mm. damaged emotions. And like I said, broken heart, you know, wounds, identity yeah. problems, and yeah. he would restore it with himself and, um, and, you know, with joy and hope and peace and beauty. And, and um, so over time, it's just been so cool seeing this house come to life and, in my heart, how the Holy Spirit speaking to me about how, hey, this is all of our stories. This is this is the story of man, you know, broken world restored back to Christ, mm-hmm. and um, that's the gospel, you know. Yeah. Um, and even um, probably deconstructing the house, like it's not yeah, only oh. about them restoring, but probably taking junk yeah. out. I, I picture you Absolutely. just in there with sledgehammers, you know. Yeah, and that's got to be yeah, healing very, just that uh, physical work, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. It um, <laughs> actually had a story um, about the, um, I don't know if you've heard about the dream I had in December. Um, I don't think so. It's really, really crazy. But before, actually in December, I had driven out to the Hill Country mm-hmm. uh, to Austin, Texas to shoot a wedding. This is before I was even on the market for a home. Didn't have any idea that I was even going to be looking for a home. Mm. Um, and I had this dream in the middle of the night. Um, and in the dream, I was standing at the intersection of the home in my hometown in Arkansas where um, we moved into when my parents divorced. So it was a home that kind of um, was symbolic of deep heartache for me in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I faced abuse in my life when I lived in this home. My parents Mm -hmm. uh, divorced, had a very, very hard, hard divorce Mm -hmm. on all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom fell into addiction. Mm-hmm. We moved into this home and it was just, like I said, it just didn't house any happiness for me. It was just heartache. And yeah. in this dream, I was standing at the intersection of, of that home and kind of some things around it. And I walked toward the house and I realized in the dream that that house was completely bulldozed down. Like oh, everything yes. was gone from front to back wow. and there was not a trace of it left. And oh. there was a new house being built on the lot and it was a white kind of farmhouse looking home, um, had a porch all the way across the front of it, windows that ran up and down. It was a super, super vivid dream. Mm. And there were three men working on the, on the house in the dream. Mm. Um, there was a man hanging windows on the right side. There was a man on the roof and there was a man on the front of the porch working on a beam. And he turned around and just kind of looked at me and waved in the dream. I was standing at the sidewalk and I always tell people, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of, he just speaks the language of our hearts and everything about the home was what I love. Like even down to the color, you know, white, all the natural light. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was an Ephesians 3.20 kind of thing where I'm going to do above and beyond. And Mm -hmm. I woke up from the dream and I felt like the Lord, and mind you, this is way before I was house hunting. But I felt like that house was me. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm about to make all things new. Like, like the word restoration, like I wrote it down mm. and um, called my mentor that day. And I said, I had this dream and I just, I felt like this home, it was just so crazy. And it was about me and the Lord's about to really complete this work and um, make all things new. And I wrote down the word restoration and she was like, oh, I totally feel like that's from the Lord. Let's pray about it. And we began that process. And then soon after, you know, April rolls around and my realtor finds this home. Mm. So it's just, I felt like the Lord, there's, there's, there's a message in it, I think, for, for all of us. Um, I always tell people it's not just my story. It's all of our stories yeah, sure um, about how he comes and he makes all things new. And he, mm-hmm. like you said, um, he, he bulldozes down. He guts. And sometimes that's such a painful process. He goes into every room and out of love, he'll gut you. He'll take out everything and every piece that causes you damage and hurt in the ugly parts. Mm-hmm. And he'll do whatever he has to do. Mm. and replace it with himself. Mm. And so, again, I think he gave me the vision for the house even before I knew what all this. I had no idea this was all going to happen. But um, but the tearing down and the gutting is just as important as the restoration part of, like, the putting in, right. you know. Right. And um, in that dream, that's what happened. You know, there was a bulldozing. There was a tearing away. Mm. And then there was this, you know, rebuilding. Mm-hmm. 
and it's such a process, right? You know, it's not this thing that right. it you deconstruct and you reconstruct overnight. It's this process yeah. that you go through of, you know, board by board, brick by brick, you know. Yes. Paint by yeah, paint. You gotta it's get, all um, part of the hard yeah, work. One of the it's things the journey. that you showed me is, yeah, the foundational, um, those things have to be right. You know, those things have to be done well. Mm. And um, the house has to stand on the rock. <laughs> you know, it has to be. Mm strong and before you build up mm-hmm. and um and so things like that you know just the the parallels and even as the it was so crazy but even as the contractor was um ripping away the bathroom here at the house one day he was he was asked me you know what do you want to do in the bathroom and I said well it's so old and ugly take everything down I said completely gut it don't leave anything <laughs> strip it back to the whatever you can the stud yeah yeah and as he was stripping down, he called me in and he's like, hey, come in here. I think we've got it stripped down as far as we can go. So he, so I walk in and I look at it and it is, I, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. But he had stripped everything away and the room just had this wallpaper in it. Um, and it was back as far as he could get it. Mm-hmm. And that was the wallpaper of the home that I had, that I had grown up in. Wow. Um yeah, Aww. and we covered that wallpaper with um, the whole house is painted in a color called alabaster white, mm-hmm. which means all things new. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so we covered that brokenness, you know, symbolic. A lot of things have been symbolic for me. And I always tell people, no matter what, I know that this process is for me, but mm-hmm. we covered that old wallpaper, you know, and I felt like newness. And, um, wow. But the gutting, like you said, it's just it's it's so vital. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which I think kind of symbolizes repentance, honestly, mm. and um, that's such a part of restoration mm. is repentance and the gutting and the tearing away and being willing for you know you letting God do that. Yeah. Well, and with your story, you've said it a few times that you felt like you were bleeding out, and when I picture someone yeah. bleeding out, it it means to me, you know that my pain is, is somehow bleeding onto other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that can be totally. where some of the repentance can come from, not from what was done to you that wasn't your fault and yeah. you never asked for that. But sometimes our pain can, can bleed out onto other people. And then that's where like this newness can come where we recognize that. And then, um, yeah, just become white and clean again. That's a beautiful thing. Your story and actually yeah. your dream here. Um, just made me remember. Do you remember that Carrie Underwood song, Blown Away? I don't know if you remember it, but she talks about, yeah, and it's like in Oklahoma and, you know, this house that she grew up in just being full of so many horrible memories, right? That song, oh my gosh, like if I, okay, so sometimes I get into this place where I need a good freaking cry, And if I do, I just get in my Jeep and I drive around and I blare that song because it's like, but that's what it's about is like shatter every window till this damn house is gone. Like blow it away because it's got so many memories in it. Right. I, um, I didn't even, I don't think I've ever heard it. I've, I've seen it like the title and love her. So I I need to listen to that. You do. You're going to cry your brains out though. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it reminds me of just this whole dream, this process. Like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. But like, it's like her getting her power back, and that's yeah, what you're no, doing absolutely. through this house. Yeah. Like, it's getting yeah. your power back. It's finding your voice, and it's and it's reclaiming your identity. And that has been right, what right. I think is your narrative. It's this this right. thread that has been woven through your whole story. Is who am I? really like right exactly if you were to strip me down of all that happened it with all the pain that was in that home with all the the brokenness and the lies I carried from that into my adulthood and the unhealthy you know the codependency all the things that I was trying to do if you take it all away who am I now like am I anybody Right. Yeah. Um. And right. like God has really shown you, like, oh my gosh, Michelle, like you are this amazing, so talented, gifted, 
amazing, genuine heart, the safe place for people's stories and just this wonderful person that he's created. And he's saying, look, (laughs) all that stuff, it can be gone now. And this is who you are. And like, you're saying, yes, thank you you for showing me. And, and then this whole metaphor with your house, it's just, it's absolutely beautiful, Michelle. It's really, really cool. I, I know we don't talk as often as I would like, but you know, I follow you on social media and I'm always just like every post you make is so encouraging. And I know millions of people have just tracked with you and felt seen. I think that that's one gift that you've given so many people is that they can feel seen, not just through the photos and the portraits that you take, but just through even just your posts and the words that you use and just your you know, your willingness to share a piece of you because you're always on the other side of the camera. Right. So it's like you could right. easily hide the rest of your life, <laughs> but you've chosen what I'd love to do. <laughs> I know. I, I'm sure you would, but like, God's like, no, like you're not to be hidden. You're not to be hidden yeah. behind, you know, these toxic relationships and just serving them. You're here to be seen. And I think part of being stripped right. down has been, also about revealing you to the world and how he's just given you so much favor in your career over the last decade. You. you know, it's all about, has, yeah. yeah, he's let allowing you to be seen. And through that, um, I think he's given you the courage to help others to be seen. And that is such a gift that you, you have given. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I think it's part of the, it's like all of our stories, the beauty from ashes, when we really give him the pieces, you know, there's mm. this beauty that comes from it and we're able to help others and see people in life in a whole nother way. Um, and so I, I, I'm saying as painful as it's been, I, I think much empathy and compassion has come to my life that I may have not carried without mm. the hurt and without the wounding, and without his restoration. Mm. And so um, in ways, you know, as, as painful as it was, I'm thankful for it because I believe fully that it's it's shaping me for my calling mm-hmm. um, and what he has for me. So um, and that's all about the kingdom. It's all about helping others and bringing them with me, you know, mm-hmm. so so he, he uses those things somehow only he can do it. But mm-hmm. to better us and and all that. But um but yeah, it's the house thing's been a beautiful journey for sure. Absolutely. But even greater than that has been your journey, Michelle. And I'm I'm really thankful that, you know, you've been willing to to share that with us today. So thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm just so honored that you had me on. I know it's like a sacred place on your podcast to have people on there. Well, Gosh, Miss Shaley, you are just, you're such a gift to the world, honestly. And it, it's a real treasure for, for us to have you on here and for me to share you with all my friends. Thanks for having me. Come over as soon as you can. I got the coffee on. Woo. All right, girl. <laughs> Ready for you. All right. Love you, Nicole. Love you too. Bye-bye, honey. Bye. For more information about Miss Shaley, her photography, the house God is building, her merch or social media, Check out our website, michelle.co, and you can read more about Nicole and the organization, her books, Breathe, Hush, Soar. Go to IamOneVoice.org. You can also check us out on Facebook.